0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. As we look into the word of God and talk about it, allow it to instruct our lives, build us up, make us strong for God. We've been talking about evolution and creation. What does the Bible teach? And are there implications to this that maybe some people hadn't thought about? I think so. In fact, I think lots of people try and resolve the conflict of What they believe science teaches about evolution, with what they believe the Bible teaches about creation, and they don't think deeply about some of the solutions they come up with. Specifically, today I'd like to talk about a big, big question. In fact, this is a major problem people have with understanding the Bible and understanding life, and that's this why is there death? why is there suffering? Why is there evil in our world? It's a big question. To be honest, it was one of the reasons that Charles Darwin ended up rejecting the Christian faith. Believe it or not, he had studied theology when he was in college. He was studying to be a priest. But he saw evil in the world, and he couldn't understand how a good God could allow it. So let's think, not only did Darwin have the problem, many people today have had the problem Let's take a little bit of a dive into this question, and how would we as Christians answer it, and how does it relate to the problem of creation and evolution in our day and age? Now, it's important to understand that, first of all, God made our world good. God is a good God, and He made the world a good place. We were in Genesis 1.31, God saw all that He had made, and behold, it was very good. there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. The world started out fine. Something happened, though, and it's very important in our Christian worldview to understand what this is. See, again, Darwin didn't think about what happened. He just looked and saw that the world was not a good place. The Bible says it was a good place, and he figured out that God didn't jive with what he saw. But he didn't keep reading. Because we find out that there's there, there's something that brought about sin, suffering and uh, suffering and, and disease and death into our world. and that's this. Therefore just as through one man, sin entered the into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. There we have it. Why How did death enter into our world? Well, it entered in through sin how does death spread to all of us? We've all sinned. So why is there this destruction, disease, suffering, natural disasters, famines, strife, war, death, etc.? The Bible's answer is because our original parent, Adam, disobeyed God, rejected the authority of God, And in so doing, left the kingdom of God and entered into the domain of darkness, into the evil one's kingdom. And there are many, many consequences with that as a result. Now, this is important for us to understand. God's original plan had the world a good place. Death came through the sin of Adam. But if you believe in evolution, you don't believe Adam came around on the sixth day. You believe that somehow, whether some special creation or some something, but there were millions and millions of years of death, extinction. The whole—if you believe in evolution and the the evolutionary model—you have a whole millions of years of a fossil record of extinctions. We don't believe that. We believe that fossil record was formed in the flood in Genesis chapter 7 and 8, 9. But if you believe what, if you believe the old earth and the old and, and, and the evolutionary idea, there was death before Adam. And the and God had looked at a world at the end of the sixth day of his creation. God had looked at a world in which there had been millions of years of death and extinction. Disease, all kinds of things of this nature that were terrible, natural disasters, etc., and all of that happened before sin entered the world, because all of that happened before Adam got here. And that's just a bridge too far theologically. It's just something that we can't allow as a, as our theological perspective to think that as Christians are we that would be something we could believe. I'm sorry. We can't. The problem of suffering in our world, if you believe in evolution, there really is no answer from a theological Christian perspective. The only answer that we can offer as to why there's evil and suffering in the world, one of the major questions people struggle with, is because Adam, because of the sin of Adam, which only fits in the creation narrative. I've been told, Tom, don't teach about creation and evolution. It's a reason people are walking away. They're struggling. They don't understand how to mix together, how to understand science and uh, Genesis. Well, friends, they're also walking away from the faith because they don't understand how to how to re- answer the questions of, of suffering and death in a world if God is good. And you can't answer that question. I don't believe you can't answer that question adequately, thoughtfully, truthfully, if you believe that Adam either wasn't real or as the result came about after there had been millions of years of evolution before him. Indeed, some Christian organizations now have a concept called evolutionary creationism in which they claim that that Adam wasn't even an individual. He was part of a group or a tribe of people that and that sin didn't enter through one man as roman says or the genesis narrative it's all just metaphor or some story but sin kind of there came a recognition of humanity that that they had done some wrong and were separated from god this doesn't fit the bible and it doesn't fit answering this question of what how did did suffering come about i want to take a closer look though at this curse, because it really is interesting. And I want to thank my wife for finding this from uh, Henry Morris's commentary on Genesis, sharing it with me recently, and I'd like to share it with you. The curse, let's, let's read what it says. When Adam sinned, there was a curse given to the serpent, there was a curse given to Eve, and there was a curse given to Adam. Let's read the curse, the judgment that was given to Adam. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toy you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat. By the sweat of your face you'll eat bread, till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's a this a heavy curse, it's a heavy judgment. Indeed, had there not been this judgment, Adam may not have grasped how Bad he had been, how wrong he'd been, and there needed to be a strong curse, a strong judgment for uh, to bring about repentance in us. And just like today, when there's sin, God does bring judgment. And if not, we would, in our human nature, we want to take our sin seriously. But notice in this curse, there are really four elements that we see coming forth. Number one, there's sorrow. What was meant to be a meaningful, satisfying work in the uh, in in Tilling the field, now there'd be sorrow and frustration. There'd be pain and suffering, thorns and thistles, it says, would be coming from the ground. I imagine more than once he got poked by them. I imagine there was pain, there was difficulty now, and and it was hard to do the job. There'd be sweat and tears. By the sweat of your face, the sweat of your brow, you're going to do this. There'd be sadness, there'd be difficulty, there'd be hardship and tears, and then finally, there'd be death. Do you notice how Jesus bore this curse for us. In Galatians 3, it tells us that Jesus became a curse for us. And we see this in Isaiah 53. He was known as a man of sorrows. And indeed, he bore the sorrows. In, in, in Mark, in the Gospels, it tells us that he wore a crown of thorns. How interesting that the ground as a result of the curse would yield thorns. And Jesus himself wore a crown of thorns as he bore our curse. Sweat and tears, you bet. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, it tells us in Luke 22 that he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood that came because he was in such agony. And in Hebrews, it says he cried out with loud tears and he was heard because of his piety. And then, of course, he died as well and was given to death. The wages of sin was death. And Christ bore our sin and died on the cross for us. Isn't that awesome? The curse that came upon Adam, Jesus bore it, experienced it for us. Not only that, we're going to be free from it. Look what Revelation promises. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, and there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for the first things have passed away. These things that relate back to the curse that Adam felt, the sorrow, the pain, the tears, the death, going to be going away in our life. When, we, when Christ comes back, when Christ returns, He'll do away with all that. Isn't that awesome? What an exciting thing the Bible gives. What a neat book it is. But I do want to stress this believing and embracing evolution, often done innocently, often thinking, well, it's true, and we Christians, we believe the truth, and not poking the holes in it that really are there and not really asking, does it jive with Scripture? What it does, when it tells us there was death before Adam, well, then why did Jesus, if, if, if death came before there was sin, why did Jesus have to die for our sins? You see the, you see the implication of that? How does this relate? And this whole idea of evolution, the implications of it. They undermine the implications. Of, they undermine the gospel. They really do. Now, I'm not saying that a person who believes in evolution is not saved. Plenty of people are saved and they believe in evolution, and they just haven't really thought it through and realize how it undermines the whole mission and purpose of Jesus coming for us. So today, my friends, are you beginning to see this is really an important issue? We haven't even gotten into the evidence yet. We've spent a week now, almost a week, just laying out the theological foundation because this is where we need to start. We don't start by looking at what scientists think they understand or what scientists think they've discovered or how they interpret uh, ages past. That's not where we start. We start with the Bible. And from the Bible, we know that's infallible. That's trustworthy. We do our best to interpret it. And then we look and see, is there data? How does it support it? Or are there tough questions we need to answer? We'll be getting into that in the days to come. But for now, isn't the Bible awesome? And isn't it awesome Jesus bore, bore our curse for us? Jesus, we praise you today with all of our heart. We love you and we thank you. We praise you as our creator. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father. All things came into being through you, and nothing's come into being apart from you. And we acknowledge that's us. You're our God, our Creator, our Maker, our Judge. You're our Lord. We follow you. We love you. We thank you. You are are our Redeemer. Hallelujah. The curse that came upon mankind through the sin of Adam. Jesus, you reversed it because you were a man of sorrows. You wore the crown of thorns. You cried out. You, you sweat great drops of blood, and you died on the cross. Thank you. You became a curse for us so that we might be set free. Jesus, we love you. We want to please you. Might this day, we might we know how to please the Lord. Might this day, might we be filled with the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Holy Spirit. Might we love you with all of our heart. Oh, God, we pray for this. Take this day, bless it. In Jesus' name we ask, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Isn't this awesome? Don't you love the Word of God? I sure do. It's exciting. That's why we get into it every day. We read it, we study it, we pray over it. We allow it to penetrate our heart. We allow it to challenge our thinking. We allow it to challenge our faith, to challenge our heart, to inspire our love. So I hope you come join us every day. You'll be glad you did. you be here, make a commitment. Don't just come every now and then, but make a commitment every day. Watch your faith grow. Watch your life change. Watch your values become more and more like Christ. That's why we're here. So if you're new, I welcome you. I hope you come back and join us. Subscri- make sure you subscribe. Leave a comment below. Say hi. Introduce yourself. I always like to know who's joining the community, okay? And if you're here regularly, Thank you. I know you're growing. I know the seed of God's word is falling on good soil. That's you. I believe you're good soil. So until we meet tomorrow, might you know I love you, and I look forward to seeing you again. Until tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with grace, fill you with joy. Don't let the world take it away, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. All right? God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.